Hi, Ben. Hi, Neil. Let's see here. Let me just uh, boost my uh, volume some. Okay, I can actually hear you real well. There we go. I needed to boost my my uh, output to my to my headphones a little bit. Uh, my audio is always a little bit on the quiet side, but I always fix that in post. Oh. Okay. Neil, yeah, you're you, more can, faint. Neil, can you raise your volume, please? Oh, <laughs> Fess is not on this episode. <laughs> Come on, Neil. No more sandbagging. <laughs> I re-listened to the Virtual Fighter audio. It is gold. It is gold. It's like, you might be wondering why we have a boy tied to a tree. This is what we recorded last night, so no one's actually heard this yet. I know, but you, you, you grabbed that audio just to throw it in there, right? I'm going to. Good. That guy, I mean, when it, you know, he is just so wonderfully camp. And you know in the Japanese, he was probably all serious and shit. Yeah, how all Japanese villains sound sound like. Who was it who said that Japanese sounds like someone is cold, constipated, and forgetful? Because all all the characters sound like. Nandete, Nandayo. Yes, it's. Uh, I I think it was actually our hero Carl Masek who said that. Said that. That might that that would really shock me if he actually said that. <laughs> I, I thought it was a comedian who said it. I thought it was him that say, said it. Well, I don't know. Well, why does he change it if he thought it was, it was gold, right? Oh my God, Virtua Fighter! But four episodes was enough. We watched enough of it. It wasn't bad. I think we liked it more than Kitty Hawk did. I know because because of the superior dub job. Because that's the thing. It's sort of like uh, sort of like uh, Kung Pao. Oh, Enter the Best. Yeah. Or Samurai Pizza Cats, where the where the less faithful you are, the better it gets. I think it depends on what the property is. That's true. I mean, you could take something like uh, a Sentai show and then make uh, Mighty Morphing Power Rangers out of it, and I still won't watch it. So, Tim, uh, what have you been thinking of the latest episodes you've listened to? I, I think they're great. I've enjoyed all of them, actually. Um... Good. See the recent ones. Uh, there was the censorship. Uh, there was the John K episode. That was the latest one where you yeah. guys did a revisit that with a guest. Yeah. 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 We might have to go back and do Ren and Stimpy because there was a whole bunch of stuff that we didn't even touch upon. I know, but you know, John K as a whole, that was. Yeah. And some people would say John K as a whole, but that's. Yeah, he he does have his opinions, and, <laughs> and I know Blanchard doesn't like him because he's like because all the Bla- all the cartoons that Blanchard loves, John K just despises with a passion but you know I, I disagree with john k on a lot of things but i understand why he is the way he is just because the man has standards that are above and beyond any other animator that's and not he, true he, he kind of has to be that way i think there are plenty of animators with standards just as high as his yeah brad bird yeah that's true but he's I, he's, I, he's got I, a standard I, so high that you know he can't even like watch you know Mid seventies Hanna Barbera and appreciate the. Uh, the One wackiness. thing I disagree with him is the way he poo pooed uh, Animaniacs. Yeah, I don't think he really has a good reason for disliking that show. But I understand. I I, I think a lot of it comes from uh, just the horror stories from Tiny Toons, the behind the scenes stuff. And I think he assumes that Animaniacs is the same way. But it isn't. Mm-hmm. It's like I said, and and then we did the Naruto rebuttal. Uh, I just. I just want to move on. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I know. Yeah, I, I didn't uh, know that 
that all that had gone on and I saw the episode release. So then I went back out to your webpage to follow the comments. Uh, <laughs> it's like, okay, I, I can understand how we could get certain things wrong. So we didn't watch the whole show. And sometimes things are different from the manga to the anime. If we missed something, we missed it. But in some cases, I'm like, what do you want? <laughs> <laughs> it, it's like, well, you kind of exaggerate on this. I'm like, possibly. Okay. <laughs> but, you know, it's it's still what it is. It's not a good show. I mean, I've watched a little more of it. I'm like, oh, no. no. You actually watched some? Yeah, I watched some of it. And I'm like, what? I don't even know what's going on. The Webcast Beacon Network has been covering and promoting creativity and the creative process since 2007, starting with the Webcomic Beacon, a topical webcomics podcast with a jovial bunch of misfits like your local morning radio show. Also, the Webcomic Beacon Newscast, recaps, reviews, and discussions of community and industry news relative to comic creators, especially of digital distribution. Also, the Tropecast, the ever-tangential discussion of literary and visual memes. And finally, Web Fiction World. Before webcomics, there was independent and self-published web-release written fiction and literature. Find this all at webcastbeacon.com. Be sure to grab a master RSS feed or master iTunes feed and not miss a thing. Ready, Neil? Oh, I'm ready. All right. Hello and welcome again to Animation Aficionados. This is your host, Ben. Join my co-host, TV's Mr. Neil. Slimer. And we have joining us, Tim Silvers. Hi, guys. Thanks for having me. And tonight we're talking about Ghostbusters, Filmation Ghostbusters. <laughs> oh, no. <laughs> that's, that's not what I signed up for. <laughs> you said Ghostbusters. You didn't ask which. No, I think I did. I think Neil, I did, did, ask did he ask? Uh, we never actually specified. And I, I, I was just looking at this. I'm like, okay, he must have listened to the episode where we talk about doing this joke. <laughs> so, like, yeah, yeah. Either he knows or he – I don't – no, but I'm not. I'm not going. I'm just going to play along. Yeah, we. Yeah, so Neil and I watched the first episode of this show. Um, and, yeah, and we stopped. <laughs> and we stopped because I was saying to Neil, we should watch two or three episodes, and then we watched the first one. We're like, one's enough. Yeah, I know. I've watched a bunch of episodes back when it was actually airing, and I sort of remember it. I know there there was like an alien chick, and yeah, she's she is the girlfriend of the fat one, I think. Joey fat one, but let, let's get to the the behind the scenes and plot of Filmation's Ghostbusters. Uh, behind, the, behind the scenes is a decade before the show went on, there was a live action Ghostbusters show, where the days of the groovy ghoulies. Yes, where there was a uh, where it's about two idiots and a guy in a gorilla suit, you know, running around with a net to throw on ghosts and. It was done by Filmation. It's a live-action show done by Filmation. And what happened was is the Columbia Pictures movie came out, and no one in Columbia Pictures ever saw this saw that old TV show because they had an impeccable amount of good taste. So, so Lou Scheimer got his lawyers involved, and and they struck out a deal where Columbia Pictures agreed that none of their subsidiaries could release a cartoon about the Harold Ramis. Uh, uh, Dan Aykroyd property Ghostbusters called Ghostbusters and Lou Scheimer has exclusive rights to the name Ghostbusters as a cartoon. So Lou Scheimer made an update of his live action show with the gorilla and all that shit called Ghostbusters, where it was about the sons of the original Ghostbusters on the show. And then the Columbia pictures 
decided the best way to get around the legality was to call their cartoon the real Ghostbusters. Which is a total <laughs> dick move, and I'm not entirely <laughs> sure that Scheimer couldn't have stopped them, but for some reason he chose not to. I think he didn't want to be known as the guy who forced onto the masses the other show. Yeah. And so what was weird about that is that every every movie that comes out, someone goes digging into like the through trademarks, just make sure that they're not they're not bumping into someone else. I mean, even back then, I know they didn't have the internet back then. It's a lot easier to check now, but someone had to have tried attempted to do that, and they never stumbled upon this show at all. Like I said, this show was bad. I mean, it was almost as bad as Journey to to or or Land of the Lost. You remember Land of the Lost? Oh, oh. with yeah. the intro with the little toys on the raft. Let's not talk about Sid and Marty Croft. <laughs> you know they updated they updated that for AB Saturday mornings in the nineties. I remember. It had a family in a in a station wagon. I remember. And a chick running around in a leather bikini. I ooh. <laughs> <laughs> See now Neil doesn't remember. Yeah. I wonder why that's the part I don't really recall. <laughs> but but back to Ghostbusters, uh you know, you have the first episode where you have uh this incredibly gay uh <laughs> robot ghost who is who who's looks like the ghost of C three PO after being it is man- C-3PO. I mean, yes. don't even pretend that like it's not. Who is who is really working the crank on on a uh, on on a uh, on a uh, on a rail car to try to run into the Ghostbusters, and they use a deatomizer gun to comically kill him. Well, what really strikes me about the first episode was there was a scene where, like, if you can't use the deatomizer, use the goo gun. And then they went off camera, and the goo gun went off, and, you know, it's, it, it is exactly like what Animaniac says, where Filmation doesn't show the action. They have the action happen off camera. But I love how they showed them taking out and putting away the guns, where it's like, Literally, they're just kind of like stuffing this huge gun into like a jacket, and then they reach into the other side, pull out another equally huge gun. Yes. Like, where are they keeping that? It's Hammer's face. Yes, and uh, speaking of which, the, the they have uh, they they go to the Ghostbusters headquarters, which has everything shaped like skulls and shit, and everything live and sentient. Even the television is alive and sentient, and the phone is alive and sentient, and they they all have attitudes and hate hate working there. And every one of them is voiced by Lou Scheimer. Yes, it's a Ghostbusters. Oh no, I can't even do his voice. He, he's got the weirdest voice. I know it's just 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 think just think of it, it's Orko on crack. It is because Orko's also Lushimer. Yes, he is. And basically, the big bad of this series is another robot ghost who sits on an accord. You know, he, he sits on a giant uh, uh, organ, a mechanical electric organ that travels through space and time. So it's. So and and he has there are two scrappies in this series. There is an evil scrappy and a good scrappy. And the good one looks like Piglet. Looks like Piglet, yes. But the evil scrappy looks like some sort of uh, lizard thing and laughs like Muttley. Yeah, and voiced by uh, Oppenheimer. No, voiced by Peter Cullen. 
Oh, Peter Cullen is all over this show. Peter. Okay, yeah, I saw his name in the credits, and I didn't realize he worked on that show. Yeah, he's the fat Ghostbuster. Yes, he is. He might and even be the gorilla. I thought I thought Frank Welker was the gorilla. It's an animal voice, Neil. I can't think of too many filmation productions that has Frank Welker. In fact, I can't think of any. Could be Oppenheimer. It could be. Because he's the other animal voice. And, uh, and basically, the evil ghosts in the future, 100 years in the future, after the Ghostbusters are long dead, the evil organ ghost decides to take over the future and then decides to go back in time just in spite to just mess with the Ghostbusters who locked them in a vault for 100 years. Oh, wait a minute, Neil. This is the plot to Power Rangers. Oh, my God. <laughs> and Power Rangers came later. You know, I think I saw Haim Saban's name in the credits, too. Oh, God. A thousand years, I'm free! Oh, my God. I can't believe it. But this is really bad because the uh it, it because you know they got rid of the ghostbusters from the live action show so if you're a fan of the live action show all three of you you know you, you won't see the characters that you grew up watching <laughs> so it's all about their sons who has to find try to find their fathers and it's <sighs> neil you timed the transformation sequence right i i thought you were it was like two minutes it was an easy two minutes I mean, this is this is padded out. Uh, this is padded out Sentai shit in an American cartoon. And they do cut it and retime it from time to time, but they it, that's kind of rare. Yeah. It usually it's like it's like the full length. It's like as much of the show as they can cover. Yeah. This this is just this is a painful experience. This show. So we watched Teen Titans. We watched. <laughs> we we watched Virtua Fighter. We watched American Tale three, but Neil and I watched the first episode of the Ghostbusters, and we're like, "That's it." It's filmation. I mean, you know what filmation looks like. <laughs> and anytime you see something by them, you're like, "No, no, I'm I'm gonna turn this off now." We tapped. It was. It, we we cannot we cannot do it. It's this is not a good show. So uh, Tim, you've been pretty silent. Yeah, I, I've seen this show. I mean, I watched it some as a kid, but I mean, even when this came out, um, well, I mean, I, I guess I was watching the real Ghostbusters even before I knew of this show. Um, so I didn't realize where the title, the real Ghostbusters was coming from. Um, I mean, I, I didn't realize it was a jab at this other Ghostbusters that existed. That's not the only jab. There was another episode of real Ghostbusters where they had a fake seance guy dressed like the fat one from this series. Oh, okay. Yeah. Yeah, so they they slipped in a jab in in the show. And of course, like you said, you didn't you didn't actually know that it was a jab at another show. A lot of people didn't know that. A lot of people had no idea that this even existed. I mean, this this was this was store brand. <laughs> <laughs> you know, this is this is Mountain Thunder. Mountain Thunder. <laughs> this, this is, is Sam, take- this, this is Sam's choice. This is this is this is K Cola. This. <laughs> oh my God! Yeah, this is store brand. It, it, this is this is what happens when you when you're a Ghostbusters fan after you watch the first movie and you said to your parents, "I want I want Ghostbusters." So your parents go to the to the VHS aisle at Walmart and they see real Ghostbusters, twelve ninety nine, 
and Ghostbusters four ninety nine. <laughs> this is store brand. This is this is this is Sam's choice. Oh, the disappointment so many kids had when they got the Ghostbusters toys. Actually, yeah. the funny thing is the toys for the series are actually pretty good. I I, I was just looking at uh, some of those online. They the I mean they look pretty cool with the packaging and everything. I never had any. I never sought them out. Now, Rogue Ghostbusters, I had, but not not this show. The car was kind of cool, I suppose. The the car was, I never the car had an effeminate voice. I I don't I don't know how to describe the voice of the car. He kind of it was kind of Paul Lindish, but it was also. Uh, I don't know. He, he kind of had a huskier voice. Wasn't it Luce Scheimer? It probably was. Like, my aching axles. <laughs> <laughs> the, the point is, the point is, this is really one of the one of the worst shows out there. And the least offensive thing about this show is actually the toy line, because the toys were competently made. <laughs> Not that you wouldn't ever be seen with the goddamn car with the wings and shit at, on the playground because you'd, you'd much rather have Ecto One because if you had this this little piece of shit in your hand, even if it's well made, people are gonna just stand there laughing. He says, "You couldn't afford real Ghostbusters." It'd be, it'd be like if you were the kid on the playground with a GoBot. <laughs> <laughs> Leader One, what are you, gay? Or you're. Or you're the kid in 1986 who has the Atari 7800, and even even the Master System kids are making fun of you. <laughs> yeah, it's. Uh, what do you think was the best analogy so far? Store brand, GoBots, the Transformers, or or the Atari analogy? What was the best one so far about how bad the series? Is? I think they're all pretty apt. Yeah, I think so too. Transformers analogy is probably good, but I don't know. I still like the store brand analogy. <laughs> the the market yeah, I mean, brand. The, you know what? This was Asylum before Asylum. Yeah, it was. <laughs> <laughs> this was your Chopkick Panda. Some of those are really funny. Like uh, when the when the uh, the new Sherlock Holmes movie came out. Oh, the, Asi- the Asylum put out one that was called. Sir Arthur Conan Doyle's <laughs> Sherlock Holmes. Yeah, that one had vampires and aliens. Yeah. I mean, that's just a total dick move. I know. <laughs> Almost as thick as real Ghostbusters. Well, that's a good dick move. <laughs> just this, there's nothing special here. It's the first episode, which should have the best animation in the series. Had consistent animation for a whole series of filmation. You know what? I was thinking about this. Uh, I'm pretty sure that, that Frank Walker was not on this show, and I think there's a good reason for that because he was Slimer. I don't think I don't remember there being any crossover between these two shows. They didn't want to cross the streams. Yeah, like I don't remember Peter Cullen being in Real Ghostbusters. I don't know why he wouldn't be in it. Yeah, they, you know, but, you know, they had such great talents as Dave Coulier and Lorenzo Music, who got unceremoniously canned from the show for the dumbest reason ever. And replaced with Dave Coulier. Yeah. Yeah. And then they, and then, you know, you know, he's like, why do I sound like Garfield? And then, and And then then, he plays Garfield. And then 20 years later, Lorenzo Music's watching a live action movie. He's like, why do I sound like uh, Bill Murray? 
Unfortunately, I think Lorenzo Music was dead by then. Oh, which is a shame. That man was great. <laughs> I know. Um, you know, unlike uh, Ghostbusters, which never had greatness, touch it. The the only thing I really even liked about that show, I mean, it, it, if you the see the transformation sequence, I will punch you in oh. your soul. <laughs> No, the theme song was somewhat catchy. I'll give them that. And I like the little logo thing. That was okay. I mean, it didn't compare to real Ghostbusters, don't get me wrong. But if there was one thing you tolerate, it was like just seeing that, just, just the, the music. Um, I didn't really care so much for the animation in the opening sequence. But, you know, the theme song was decent. Yeah, I think they were kind of over-animating the gorilla in the opening sequence. He was like, the, the gorilla looked tweaked out of his mind. <laughs> you know what? Well, he was all bouncy, wasn't he? Isn't there like one yeah. part where he like looks directly at the camera and he's like making all these weird faces and you're like, well, you what? know who animated the gorilla, Neil? Who? Glenn Kennedy. Oh, that's right. He was on this show. <laughs> you know what? Those were some Glenn Kennedy faces. You know, even with the strict, rigid, you know, guidelines that uh, that filmation had about how little the characters can be animated. Yeah, Glenn snuck some shit in there. He did. And you're, and you're joking about the you're joking about the uh, the transformation sequence. I have to say that uh, since they have to show that every single show, they really spent some time on that. It was the only thing they spent time on. Yeah, and they're like, this is going to be in every show. We're gonna we're gonna make sure this looks good, or, or more more likely, it was like this animation looks really good. Let's make sure it's in every single episode. Yeah, it's like the the He-Man transformation or the She-Ra transformation. Yeah, which are the one thing everybody looks short. forward to. And they were probably like, you know, this He-Man transformation is way too short. We need to come up with something longer. Yeah, we need we need them thrown around, being stripped naked, thrown into a food processor, and and uh, picked up by their bottoms and thrown down a chute, and you know, Hong Kong Fui style bounce on a mattress. Although the funny thing, funny thing about that is that in in uh, Secret of the Sword, there there is one scene where both He-Man and She-Ra transform at the same time, and they use every single frame of both animations, and it's like you're checking your watch as this is going on. They have the power. <laughs> that was Erica Scheimer singing that. Yes, it was. It was. Yeah. I don't think there was any singing in Ghostbusters. It was th- this, and the show just didn't just didn't have any boundaries anywhere. I mean, th- they could travel through time, they could travel through space. They they had episodes where they stopped a spaceship flying, c- contained by ghosts. I mean, it it didn't have any sense of boundaries. It was just basically, oh, the Ghostbusters, they can go anywhere and do anything. It, it didn't feel, you know, pardon the uh, the adjective real <laughs> and I say this after watching the episode of real Ghostbusters where uh, where uh, Ray takes a bunch of dumpsters and turns them di- giant ghost traps to capture a Scottish army oh, oh I had forgotten about that <laughs> that's right that is how that is how unreal the filmation Ghostbusters is my suspension of, my suspect my Suspension of disbelief did not break when Ray took a bunch of dumpsters and made giant ghost traps, but did shatter on the idea that the Ghostbusters talking sentient car can fly through space and time like the fucking DeLorean because it can. I don't know. That dumpster thing, that's like Sunbow logic. (laughs) 
Like we can we can convert these dumpsters in like an afternoon. Twenty minutes later, they're all ready. That's true. I'm I'm just saying, Neil. I know. Alien princess. I, I hear Neil's mind working on how to make that work. Yeah. And the alien princess, uh, keeping with what John Kay used to say about filmation, they were, they made sure not to make her hot. Yeah. There was also a reporter chick who they made sure did not have a cleavage line, even though the uh, the open part of her shirt went all the way to her fucking belly button. And they made her the scully, didn't they? Yes. It's like, she I don't believe it ghosts. Oh, and I hate when they do that. Yeah. Because, you know, Neil is a skeptic, but when the setting in fiction obviously has ghosts, yeah, you, know, like, you know. Yeah, thank you for making the straw skeptic, bastard. So so it's been a while since I saw this show. I, I tried to watch it on, on Netflix. It was on their streaming uh, a while back, but it's not on there anymore. But so this reporter, so what was the point of her having having her in the show? Was she just there? Then the moment there's some bit of evidence there are ghosts, she's like turned around looking the other way or something. I think she got oh. in. I think she got into it really early because she accompanies them on adventures and shit. It's like it's not like she's red herring. Yeah, it's not like she's Tila, although she looks like Tila. Yeah, they, Tila they can, is the stupidest character in the entire filmation catalog. He-Man, where did Prince Adam go? Even though you look just like him with a tan. Faker, aren't you He-Man? Yeah, this is, I don't know anyone who legitimately likes this show. Didn't they, they I, actually say he spent money on this, Neil? Well... How so? Well, they had to have spent some money on it because they. I mean, I, JT didn't he say he spent money to buy oh, this show on DVD? I don't know. Yes, he did. We talked to him about it. Oh, I might have blocked that out of my memory. <laughs> JT, what are you doing? I told you you'd rather have the fifteen dollars. Yeah, I had a chance to buy this really cheap one time, like the whole series for five dollars or something. I said, I just like, ah, no. You're like, rather have the five. Leave that there, just. Back away slowly. It's not worth it. (laughs) What do you think, guys? You think that's a good way to wrap off this review? (laughs) I don't know. There was. I gotta say, there wasn't really much to cover because it's just. Did we even mention that the that the bad guy's name is Prime Evil? (laughs) We forgot that. Yeah. And he plays an organ. Yeah. Yeah. And. He was he's a ghost robot from the future, but when they catch him he's not in the future. He's so can he, he just, is you know what? I'm gonna say it. He is the ghost of Christmas past from the future. Ah, uh, okay. Yes, I too have been in that uh in that uh parking lot in the time of Sigourney Weaver. <laughs> the you know, it's just you know, at least you know, he didn't have that tweaked out awesome dialogue written by William Street, so it kinda sucked. Although, see, I'm I'm going to overanalyze this show. Um, the moment they they locked him in a vault and then he immediately showed up again, they should have said, "Hmm, apparently our trap didn't work. Let's try something else." They could have put him in a different trap or done something else so that the events that happen in the show don't actually happen. Like, oh no, our fathers are kidnapped. Yeah, he's stuck in that vault the whole time that they're trying to yeah. find their father. They could just open up the vault and stuck him somewhere else or something. Yeah, 
We're rewriting the future. Get out of there. So, so how did these Ghostbusters trap the ghosts? I'm, I'm looking at some pictures here. I'm noticing that the gorilla they, and the one guy have cameras around their necks. Did they? Cam- no, no, no. They have giant guns. They stuff behind their backs. Yeah, I remember the giant guns too. Okay, what, so what, that, what happened? That, the way that they catch, they don't capture the ghosts. They kill them with what they call a dematerializer that like shoots them and horribly, horribly kills them. But then they come back. It's like the ghost from Pac-Man. Yes, it is. They come back into the respawning era area, and uh, it it does get stupid because the way that they captured Primeval is they did the Scooby Doo gang chase thing, and then they just sort of hid behind a door. Primeval ran straight past the door. They closed the door after he ran in, locked it, and oh, now he's stuck. <laughs> you know, they they could have like just threw a banana peel on the floor and had him slip. <laughs> Yeah, what were the cameras for? It was like, what is this, Fatal Frame? Nice reference, Neil. Yes. Yes, thank you. <laughs> I think... I, I, I think don't remember they, them ever using it. I no. think they just they just drew a design together and said, here, this looks kind of scientific. Why are they wearing khakis? I don't know. Why is the one guy wearing a, a pilot hat? <laughs> yeah. <laughs> and why is the other guy's nose so goddamn big? And what I love, what I love is this this cartoon is the textbook example of the filmation characters never looking at each other. It is. Oh, God. These horrible dead eyes, like, just staring right at the screen. Yeah, I think this show is more guilty of the dead eyes than any other filmation cartoon I've ever seen. And that's saying something. This show, it's like I said, we actually stopped and watched the names of all the animators the only animator that Neil and I could find that we knew of was John. Was was not even John. It was it was Glenn Kennedy. That was the only name, Glenn Kennedy. Who just a few years after this moved on to Tiny Toons and then uh, a pup named Scooby Doo. Well, it was actually a pup named Scooby Doo and then Tiny Toons. Oh, okay. But the point is, remains that <laughs> this show is just bad. Yeah, I think that's a, that's all I really have to say about it. I think we will we will go back and do the real Ghostbusters at some point. We have to. We we do have to, yes. But we're not going to talk about Slimer and the real Ghostbusters until much later after that. Uh, was yeah. that was that show a bigger crime than this or not? I would say not. I mean, I uh, there was like I got I got uh, I got a phrase for you. Junior Ghostbusters go kart with watermelon launcher. <laughs> Yeah, that was bad, but uh, it's still more watchable than this. Junior show. Ghostbusters go kart with watermelon launcher. I think that's yeah. I have to agree. That's that's actually less offensive than the filmation Ghostbusters. Okay. Have you ever watched a Slimer short where they use the super deformed, simplistic art style in them? I've seen it. Okay. Yeah. It was almost cubist. Remember? I remember. Okay, okay. It's okay, so I think we're gonna wrap this up now. Yes. Alright, so don't watch this at all. Even if you're curious, just stay curious. Uh Neil? Yeah, watch the real Ghostbusters. Tim? Yeah, take Neil's advice. Alright, well uh, this is your host Ben. With TV's Mr. Neil. And Tim. And we're saying good night. Good night. Good night. Yeah, we will have you back for, like, real Ghostbusters. (laughs) (laughs) Okay. We just need to watch some real Ghostbusters. Do you like retro shows? 
Did you grow up in either the 80s or the 90s? Then tune into Telecast, GeekCastRadio.com's newest podcast. Join us here on the Telecast as we revisit some of your favorite shows, such as Clarissa Explains It All, Salute Your Shorts, Saved by the Bell, and much, much more, only on GeekCastRadio.com. In a world without hope, in a time of their greatest need, three men came together to deliver responsible news about video games. GeekCast Radio and The Lunchroom proudly present XRG Extreme Retro Gaming only on GeekCastRadio.com 2012 marks the 30th anniversary for Masters of the Universe. We here at the GCRN are celebrating with a brand new series of podcasts. The Powers of Grayskull series will cover every episode of every MOTU cartoon. Yes, even that crappy new adventure stuff. Join Optimus Solo and TFU and Mike as they tell tales of Eternia, discover the myths of Etheria, become masters in space, and finally masters of Grayskull. You can find the Pogs podcasts in iTunes and the web at www.geekcastradio.com. Good journey! We thought that they, you knew, Tim. Well, I mean, I had heard you on a couple of shows talking to JT and someone else about doing a Ghostbusters podcast, and both guests were like, you mean Filmation Ghostbusters or real Ghostbusters? And so I, I really thought we were doing real Ghostbusters. I, I knew about the joke, but yeah, I, I looked back at the comment uh, thread on that one episode, and it, it was not specified real Ghostbusters, but that's okay. I, I would not put myself through the pain of watching this Ghostbusters show. <laughs> Because I did. I tried to watch it on Netflix because um, they had it on streaming. I was like, oh, what the heck? You know, I'll try to watch it and see if it's if it's any good, if it's entertaining. And uh, I'm, I don't even think I made it through the first episode. I was just so turned off by it. It's so bad. Yep, it was so bad. If I want to watch Ghostbusters, I'll watch the real Ghostbusters. What about extreme Ghostbusters? You know, yeah, I mean, I... That one came on when I was really wasn't watching many cartoons, so I saw it a few times. Like I was really turned off by the idea of it. Um, like, why does it have to be extreme Ghostbusters? What's so extreme about it? You know, they've got a handicapped guy, a goth girl, <laughs> this other guy, which I don't know if he's punk or street or what, but he was just... he was Hispanic. So it's okay. like Ghostbusters minority team division. And and Slimer, like, he had, like, dark circles under his eyes or something. I don't know. He looked weird. But um, I did track down, like, the crossover that they did on that show where they brought in all the, the real guys Ghost from the Busters? real Ghostbusters. Yeah. And yeah, that was okay. I mean, some of, the, some of the character designs for the ghosts, I understand, were pretty cool. But, yeah, I'm not very oh, yeah. familiar with it. Suddenly, oh, yeah. that, suddenly that, that real Ghostbusters name is even more ironic when they show up on on Ghostbusters. Actually, actually, the black, the, the yeah. young black one says, "No, they're the real Ghostbusters." <laughs> that's that's actually awesome. Like the, the fact that they they just undersold their own show. Yeah, those are, that was the last two episodes of the series by the of that series. By the way, I wonder if that was just some writer who was like, "We're gonna we're gonna do a send off to the show with an insult." We're gonna do a send off to the real Ghostbusters in this show. Yeah, I'd like to see. I would like to try that. You know, see that show sometime. They haven't put it out on DVD yet. Um, so I mean, I know I can watch it on YouTube, but I'd better just watch it on DVD. But 
you know, I, I'll give it a shot. I kind of like that animation style. You know, they did Godzilla the series and some other cartoons in that style, Men in Black. I don't know if they had the same animation house. Did, was it also Jackie Chan's Adventures that was done? No. Same animation house? Done? No. No? Okay. Jackie Chan Adventures was done by uh, it was done by Warner Brothers, and it was using uh, our favorite artist, Neil. Oh, yeah. Actually, Jackie Chan Adventures for the first season, it wasn't so bad. It was the least offensive of Jeff Matsuda's art style. Yeah. Yeah, I actually really liked that show for the first season. And then, like, the second season, I'm like, what? That's when the gecko fingers started showing up. That's when they added, like, this Akuma-looking guy, and suddenly the sumo guy was was, uh, was, a was upside of good. I don't think they ever good, explained yeah. it. They explained it. They did? Yeah, at the last episode of the first of the first series. Oh yeah, the first season, the uh, the sumo guy got thrown out a window, and he showed up to help the good guys because he's like, "Well, fuck this, I'm not getting any respect here, so I'm going to join the good guys." So he joins the good guys, and he says the reason why he joined was because, as a joke, Jackie said in one of their earlier fights, "You should join the good guys because every Tuesday is Donut Day," and and the sumo guy actually said that. Well, I heard every oh. Tuesday was Donut Day. Mm-hmm. I don't know if you find that offensive or funny, Neil. No, it's funny. <laughs> but yeah, they did explain it. Yeah, once they started turning into demons and like the bad guys from the first season, like they had like alt forms. And then I saw a couple episodes. I was like, "What? What is this? Why? Why are they doing this?" Like some, they look like the alien forms from uh, Ben Ten. Oh, well, I, actually, I've been watching that on Netflix. Actually, in the second season, there's like the 12 demons or something that are trying to escape into our world or something. And so Shinzu possesses that uh, the leader of the bad guys, leader of the bad the bad guys gang. And so they use that, uh, I can't remember what, I don't know what you would call it, but this little box basically to, to locate and open portals that let these demons out. I don't think the bad guys actually transformed into demons at least not in the second season up to what i've seen so far maybe i'm thinking of the season yeah there there was a season where they had demon masks okay because there there are a lot of episodes and i I just started watching it on your recommendation i had no interest in seeing the show i was like oh okay well if neil has good things to say about it i'll check it out i enjoyed the first season as well like i said it just it it, it sort of got off the rails really quickly you know you're talking about it about escape demons demon and a demon box and i I was starting to have a flashback of 13 Ghosts of Scooby-Doo. Oh, no. Oh, my God. That, the show that actually killed Scooby-Doo. I mean, not not, not the character. I mean, the, the whole franchise. It was like... You know what? Scooby-Doo yeah. gets a clue almost did the same thing. Almost, but... You know, they were making Scooby-Doo cartoons for, like, well... For almost, like, two decades. And then, like, that show came along, and that killed it. Scooby-Doo Gets a Clue was just so poisonous, though. There wasn't even any Fred or Daphne or Velma. It was just Scooby and Shaggy making, like, uh, mutant Scooby snacks that turned Scooby into... uh... Scooby was fucking Yoshi in that cartoon, because every Scooby snack turned him into a different utility for that episode. Oh, God. Someone Someone on DVR once drew a picture of the crap man... And their version of Robin holding Scoop, Scooby-Doo Gets a Clue's version of Scooby and Shaggy as a mirror of the, Sco- the Scooby movies image. Yeah. And I posted, oh, goody, everything I hate in modern animation in one image. Oh. <laughs> you know, your analogy that you just made there, uh, that doesn't sound so much like Yoshi. That sounds like a boy in his blob. 
You're like right. Every, every type of Scooby snack turns them into something different. You're right. By the way, the Wii version of that game is awesome. I, I, you know what? You know the only time I ever played the boy in blob, his blob was. Yeah. It was uh, when I was a young child, 1990, at a showbiz pizza. Oh my god. See, that's the David Crane version, and when he made that game, he was still in like Atari 2600 mode. So he was like, let's make a game that you can just barely beat. That's really frustrating and has this weird walk animation and really stiff to control. And I don't like that game. It was either that game or the or the uh, or the uh, balls in the uh, you know the, the the ones where you throw them down the lane into the hole. Yeah. It was those two games I played at the Showbiz Pizza. You didn't see the rock fire explosion while you were there? I went into that room once. It's it's scary. <laughs> Only once. I mean, talk about dead eyes. Uh, Tim, Tim doesn't know what we're talking about. The Showbiz Pizza thing? Yeah. Yeah, the, the, the animatronic puppets that they used to have there. No, I never went you're there. You're the birthday, you're the birthday, you're the birthday, boy or girl. The thing is, that was huge in the 80s. Like, that that place was like was like magic. And then, like, something happened where they didn't want to have them anymore. Like, it was someone else who owned the property. So, Showbiz Pizza was like, well, we'll just buy Chuck E. Cheese. And then we'll turn all of our restaurants into Chuck E. Cheese. Even though Chuck E. Cheese was known as being shit. Yeah. Compared to... Sh- oh, Neil. Did you know that they extremized Chuck E. Cheese? I know. They turned him into a into like a hyper color skater character. He now he now permanently wears like a skate helmet. No, no. It's worse now. It's worse. I have the image. It's worse now. I know which one you're talking about. No, this is worse. Three, two. Hang on, one. it's not loading that fast. Oh my, that is worse. He has no character now. What? <laughs> it's just like this generic mouse now. That's supposed to be cool because he's wearing jeans and has a guitar. Not even, is it, not, this isn't real. This this no, this is this is this is real. Oh come on. Oh, he is also being voiced by Jared Reddick, lead singer of Bowling for Soup. Where do I know that band from? And I ran. Oh ran yes, okay. <laughs> I'm like I've heard that name. See, I'll what? just go right to the Chuck E. Cheese website. You know they don't have this mouse displayed right out there on on the website. Yeah, they still have the old Chuck E. Cheese on the website, the, the yeah. one that has the the helmet on. You know what? That just means he's he's retarded. I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> I thought it, but I wasn't gonna go there. <laughs> God, we're gonna get angry emails. Yeah, that's if you use the extra stuff. Which I usually do. Well, come on. It's, he's, he's wearing the herpaderp helmet. Yeah, they've got some pictures of the old Chucky on here. And he had, like, on a red vest. Yeah, that's the hat. real Chucky. The, the one that he, he's, so he's wearing a red yeah. vest and a safety helmet, and I'm not allowed to make a retard joke. Yeah, that, that's the one I'm more familiar with now <laughs> that shows up on the commercials, but not this one that you sent, Ben. Wow. There's a new Chuck E. Cheese commercial from... Oh, here it is, Neil. Commercial from TV. Oh, no. Well, now it's real. Even though this looks like it was done by someone with just a computer at home. Yeah. Yeah. You know what this... 
He looks like he jumped right out of Stuart Little. You know what? No. This, this looks worse than Stuart Little. Yeah, you're right. This looks like DreamWorks. They just looped the same shot of him, like, jumping in a circle. Yeah. Three times. This is like lots of... This is almost filmation animation reuse. Oh, the fourth time. I mean, this... Oh, there again. Yeah, but this is also two minutes of animation. They, this is clearly not a single commercial. This is like... This yeah. is like a like a montage of... Okay. Because I'm seeing a lot of the same human characters, too. Like that... The one where the light goes around that, that dome thing. They, what, they about, show what about the dad I, with uh, Guitar Hero? So what do you have to say now? Is this real? Yeah, wait a minute. What did they just say? Say cheese, it's funner. Oh, he said rock this place. I was like, what? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I knew sooner or later they were going to get around to doing a CG Chucky, but I didn't know they were going to do that. Because it wasn't that long ago they were still doing like the, the cell animated Chucky. I would rather have cell animated Chucky. Yeah, I would too. Like I said, this this character just looks he looks, looks generic, doesn't he? Yeah. You know what? He, yeah, he doesn't he doesn't look in the least bit retarded. He doesn't have the helmet and the safety vests and and the giant shoes, so people know. Ben at animationaficionados.com. <laughs> <laughs> they turned him into a rock star. Well, he's being voiced by someone who's in a rock band. I wouldn't call him a Jared Riddick, Riddick a rock star. Yeah. <laughs> I was hoping you'd have a reaction like this, Neil. You gotta admit that 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 took you by surprise, right? That did. That. Oh my god. <laughs> Is your childhood dead now? I never went to Chuck E. Cheese. I went to Showbiz. Yeah, Chuck E. Cheese was known for being, like, the shitty version of Showbiz. It's a Showbiz on the other side of town. Yeah. And who, yeah, there who wasn't was one... Who, I'm sorry. Go ahead. Well, there wasn't one where I lived, but, man, those commercials just made me want to go to one of those so bad. And then when I finally got old enough and went to a town that had one, I was like, oh, there's a Chuck E. Cheese. And the person I was with said, oh, man, dude, their pizza's <laughs> horrible. <laughs> <laughs> At least it wasn't a Peter Piper pizza behind the toilet for two months. Oh, oh, God! You know that that is such an obscure reference. What's the reference? Oh, it's, it's, it's one of the worst. It? It's one of the worst stories I've we've ever heard. It's it's a it's a spoony story. Some there was a he found a a pizza in a box that had apparently been stuffed in a bathroom for like I don't know maybe two months. The thing was like petrified, and so he he set it out for like other people to eat, and. The thing is this, the story is actually funny, but he, like, drones on and on. Yeah. He keeps on jumping around. So what could be a funny two-minute story becomes a 12-minute epic of of backstory and shit that just, like, come on, get back to the pizza. Yeah, and basically the reason why there was no mold on this pizza is because uh, the pizza was so greasy that it, like, preserved it. Oh, my gosh. He said it looked. Basically, with all the dried grease that was on it, it looked like it was plastic. <laughs> but when somebody bit into it, it like vaporized. It yeah, turned it out. It does start falling out of it. <laughs> like I said, like I said, it's just it is a funny story, except for the fact that he droned on about other shit and kept on changing the subject. Ah, here we go. The founder of Chuck E. Cheese is none other 
than Nolan Bushnell, the man who founded Atari. That makes me sad. <laughs> kind of explains a lot, actually. Wow. But, yeah, Showbiz Pizza was really fun. The One of the, one of the things I liked about Showbiz was it was like a tavern for kids because it was kind of dimly lit. You know, the only real good light you could get is at the arcade consoles. At least in my memory, when I was went to Showbiz, it was always dimly lit. Neil? Yeah, I I think I was only there like twice. And one time I went to see the band, I was like, oh, this is... It's so generic that even as a kid, you, you just look at it. These are these are not even like good animatronics. These are just they're they're basically operated with a vacuum system. Like the air blows in and out of them, and it makes them move. And you can tell that like every time they open and close their eyes, it's also synced with when they open and close their mouth. So it looks really bad. It, the way they kind of jitter and shake around, they look so creepy. What I love is I, just what I love is that Simpsons reference. Yeah. And the eyes just kind of stare out into nothing. They're not looking at anything. That Simpsons reference is gold because I love the part where the, the beaver just catches on fire. <laughs> but sadly, like most Simpsons references from the first seasons, they're now utterly obscure and not understandable to a modern audience. Just like the whole uh, the other reference, the uh, the dinosaurs reference. That that show. The. In case you don't know what we're talking about, it's the it's the puppets, the the, the Jim Henson produced dinosaurs uh-huh. that was on ABC. Yeah, yeah. The yeah, Simpsons, they, the Simpsons yeah. did a reference where they're like, it looks, it's like they looked into our lives and stole it. Yeah, that was the dinosaur family, right? And they had the little baby. Yeah. Or yeah. The best part was the best part was if you listen to the commentary track of the episode, the producer of the episode says this joke makes no sense now because no one remembers <laughs> dinosaurs. <laughs> Yeah, the baby was voiced by the same guy who does Elmo. Yes. Oh, really? Wow. Yeah. I watched that documentary. Uh, Kevin Clash. Yeah, Kevin Clash. That was the one thing that we didn't cover on the Muppets episode, and I think you deliberately like just vaulted over it. I don't like Elmo, damn it! No, I'm talking about the dinosaurs. <laughs> you, you, your heart I, was a little bit softer about dinosaurs until I showed you the last episode, yeah. and then you're like, "This is terrible." Yeah, the way they ended dinosaurs. That was really dark. Because <laughs> they, basically they caused the, the... Their own extinction. Yeah. And oh, how did they do that? By putting People, atom bombs in volcanoes to make clouds to make it rain. Yeah. And they made... And they and what they did was they started the Ice Age. What killed the dinosaurs? The Ice Age! And then the father's like, We dinosaurs have been on this planet for hundreds of thousands of years. It's not like we're just going to go away. <laughs> yeah i showed neil that and Neil was just like this is how it ends that was that was bad that was really bad neil yeah. what well, we got uh slayers next week yeah slayers um we're just gonna be covering like the movies and the ovas and then like another week we'll do the actual tv show yes because i'm not through the tv show yet and it's so long that we're not going to be able to do all of it in one show. Well, there was someone who was selling a bunch of VHSs. Well, I have all the shows. <laughs> I know. I just wanted to throw that out there. Oh, you're talking about... Yeah. Yes, I'm talking about that. <laughs> yeah, I'm not really familiar with Slayers. Did you get your contest winners? We got one entry, and it was because we asked. <laughs> so we got a winner. Yeah, we got we got Kitty Hawk to do one. It wasn't really much of a wasn't really a contest because 
uh, whoever gets put on the show basically gets a no prize. Yeah. yeah, apparently, apparently, we don't have many female listeners. Um, I guess not. Well, we have Chew. That's true, we do have well, Chew. Kitty Hawk is basically the, the unofficial third host. Yes. <laughs> Which, by the way, uh, we might be re-recording the, uh, the American Tale 3 episode tonight. Oh, good. She, she seems up for it. I might have... Well, yeah, I should be available after 8. Okay. Okay, so... I'll try to listen to what we have because the audio is so terrible, but I, I want to make make some notes from it just so we have a refresher because I'm not rewatching that. Well, you know, I was just I was just, I was just all hung up once David Carradine showed up, <sighs> all choked up. Yeah, yeah. I held my breath. See that guy. You know, he was just what a way around. to go. He was just hanging around. He didn't hang himself. He asphyxiated himself while he was. Uh, Doing the business. Well, he was taking care of business overtime. Workout. What a way to go. I mean, you get you get caught with your with your dork in your hand and a, and a bag over your head. I'm just basing the whole hanging thing off of an image that South Park did. Yeah. Ah, South Park. Where would we be without it? I would be without David Carradine jokes. <sighs> you know, I emailed Matt and Trey, and they still haven't answered me yet. Gee. Oh my, why am I not surprised? If there was anyone who was actually currently making cartoons that would answer, I thought it'd be Matt and Trey. Well, they might. They're still making some good episodes. The episode I liked last year's in last year's season was, uh, or the last season, I guess, was the uh, the one where they're the the home shopping network where they're selling the jewelry. Did you guys see that one? No, I didn't see that. We have. We actually talked about this before. Is that like we, we really like South Park, but like for some reason we just got out of the habit of watching it. It's it's weird. Unless I hear about something that they did that was hilarious, like the episode they, where they had where they had Cartman impersonate Gordon Ramsay. I just don't watch it. Yeah, I don't I don't watch all of them, but uh, I, I happened to catch this one. It was it was actually pretty funny because um, basically what they they do this segment where. The old people watch the Home Shopping Network and buy this jewelry for people in their in their family. Of course, it's jewelry that nobody in their family wants. So then they take it to the people that get it, take it to a cash for gold shop, which then melts it down and sells it, which goes back over to some third world country and gets made back into jewelry, which goes back to Home Shopping Network. <laughs> it's just like this, <laughs> this vicious cycle. It's a circle of gold. Yeah. So they, they do like this five-minute piece where they show this whole thing happening. It's just incredible. It's really funny. And so they, they actually inter- put in the, in the show different segments where there's this guy on the Home Shopping Network selling the jewelry, trying to get people to buy in. And it's like, you know, Stan's grandpa or something is watching this. And Stan gets mad and calls the show and is trying to get convince the guy to kill himself. He says, you're the definition of evil. Kill yourself. What I love, what I love is... If, if you ever watched the Home Shopping Network, there was a guy, idiot with a wh- who had a fake katana, one of those stamped from Pakistan pieces of shit, and he was showing off. Oh, look at how durable it is! And then he and then he broke the fucking blade and it cut him in the arm. <laughs> he deserved it. Oh, because it was a fake piece of shit. Yeah, they do this thing where it's like you know we're. You know, three payments of thirty nine ninety five. We're gonna, you know, 
I'm gonna put this on Easy Pay, and it's just they're just making up names for jewelry that's just crap, and it's just it's really hilarious. So <laughs> oh, find this here you go. Watch down. this. Watch this. <laughs> I never tire watching that. Oh man. <laughs> It was only like two wax on the table too. Oh, do you have on yours? Do you have like the recommended video that has guy breaks priceless relic? Yes. <laughs> yeah, you should you should watch that. That's a that's a good one. I'm watching it now. That was that's like the coolest thing that ever happened on G4. Hey, wait, wait a minute. And, um, it's really cool because who's the guy with him? That's Kevin Pereira. <laughs> Well, uh, thanks for doing this, Tim. And let me know. Let we'll do a real Ghostbusters episode later. Okay, that sounds good. Thanks for having me, guys. I enjoy your show. Well, we we're glad that you enjoy it versus you know versus what Neil calls go post moving. Oh. <laughs> yeah, that's what I was. Just, that's how I described the the guy who was like being the most belligerent about our Naruto show. The Narutard. Yeah, I wasn't gonna go with that. Well, he was. All right. Well, talk to you guys later. Okay. okay. Bye. All right. Bye.